Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, joined by guest host, Mike Broomhead. Mike, thanks for coming back. And this is... Uh this is going to be fun. Now I get to ask questions. You know, it's funny. The last time that we had you on, it was more of trying to get information from you, although you still were asking questions. Now we're back in interviewer mode. So today you and I are going to be interviewing Vince Lewis. Vince is a lieutenant with the Phoenix Police Department, but a lot of people will recognize him from being a PIO in the past. Vince, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is weird because you're a, you're a trained professional at answering questions. <laughs> um, how long do you work at that? I mean, because you give us information. Oh, what? Well, Without I, giving us information sometimes. I think of myself as an entertainer first. It's so, I, But I, let's be honest. You have to answer questions. But there are times you can't answer questions. Right. So I, I try to fill that dead air. You know how it's important to just have something to say even when you're not saying anything. Just, you know, kind of how I'm playing off this right now. Just to be able to, you know, say something so that... You should that run for office, because yeah. there's a lot of that goes on in politics. Yeah, there's people better than me that are better suited for those positions. What what attracted you to being a PIO? Uh, just that. Um, you know, when I was little, and I'd be in church, and I'd watch the priest, and I thought I wanted to be a priest, because he's up there, he's got the entire congregation commanding everybody's attention. He always knows what to say, very smooth, very polished, and that's what I wanted to do. And it turns out I just wanted to be, I just wanted an audience. That's really all I wanted, so... How much, how difficult is it sometimes in that job? Because people think it's easy, but it's not just that you have to answer questions, but you're the person when officers are shot or injured in the line of duty, you're the one that's got to talk about a fellow officer. How tough is that personally? It, it, it is difficult. It's difficult because, you know, my heart goes out to them first and foremost. Um, you know, I can never forget that I'm from the community. I'm a member of this community. That's somebody that's an extension of myself and my family. So I'm reaching out in, in that respect, trying to connect with them. Uh, you know, I, I can feel those uh, feel those emotions that are coming from the audience who are hanging on every word to find out just how the officers are doing, trying to put yourself in the position of the family who's at home, wondering if their family member is going to come back. Uh, you know, that's on my mind. It weighs heavy, but I also have to balance what I can say versus what is critical to the investigation. So we can't really reveal, we can't reveal too much. Mike, are you not even going to dig into the spot that he says that the first time he wanted to be a PIO was at church? He thought that the person up there had material and you like, what about that? And I've never heard anyone say, that's how I knew I wanted to be in front of an audience. Yeah. Well, that is, well, the next question I was going to ask was going to be a PIO question, but that's a great uh, lane to travel down. Um, what, what turned you away from the priesthood? Um, I, I get probably adolescence. I'm thinking, All right. you know, okay, get, getting out there, realizing that there's more to life <laughs> than just uh, you know going to church, and reading the scripture. I still uh, you know pray, and I'm still you know have religious uh, you know, influences and so forth. But uh, I think uh, you know I, my father was a police officer. I've had two fathers. My birth father was a police officer. He came from Las Vegas. He grew up there as an entertainer. He was a show. Uh, he was a showman. They had a lounge act, and they headlined on Vegas, on Fremont, at the top of Fremont for years uh, until seventies hit. I was born uh, right the first week of his academy when he knew he needed a real job, so he came to Phoenix to be a police officer. So he was a lounge singer and then a cop. So I'm going to see if I can just be the cop and then be the lounge singer. That's afterwards. pretty cool. So. How does your faith play a role in your years as a cop? 
So it's important for me to, you know, remember why I got into this. And, and it's that spirit of service, right? So this is exactly why uh, we chose this profession. Anybody you talk to that does this, it's not about the money. There's other jobs that pay a lot more, but I'm not saying that I'm not well compensated. I'm very grateful for the life and the, uh, the that this department has given me, the community that I grew up in. I worked for the city before as a uh, lifeguard. So um, this is my community. It's my home. I grew up here. Um, but as far as the religion goes, uh, you know, I, I've always felt like I can do more for others. And if I could put myself in a position to do that, use my strength and use my uh, faith to help others, that's what drives me. It's interesting because I've heard cops say in many occasions after really dangerous situations, say to each other, can you believe they pay us to do this? That it, it, it just even the worst that it can be sometimes they just love it. It's part of who they I mean, it is who they are. Yeah. You feel good when you help somebody who was in a position where they either couldn't help themselves or, you know, you're helping somebody out of a jam. You're just changing a tire, high fiving uh, somebody, handing a teddy bear to a child who just lost a loved one. You know, it, it, those are the kinds of things that 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 just drive you on day to day. Let me ask, because since I get to ask the questions, I want to ask both of you this question. Um, there is so much more now today about mental health and officers' mental health and making sure that they have resources available that may not have been around when you guys first started being cops. How important is that now? And what would you say to a younger officer, either one of you, what what you would say to younger officers as they enter the field with that in mind? I'll tell you that the and I say younger officers, they're, they're newer officers because they come from all age brackets and by by the way, we are hiring phoenixpolice.gov slash employment if anyone's looking for a career opportunity. Because I think Vince, uh, Lieutenant Lewis, n- nailed it perfectly. It's a ministry. You are being sent every day people that you can help. And if you're drawn to serve others, this is the career to you. Uh, but I think over the years, we've learned a lot about what we didn't know, which is you take well-meaning, honorable people and you expose them to things that people shouldn't see. And to think that they can just go home, digest that, and not have it impact their family or significant others, that's not realistic. So law enforcement agencies over the years have done a much better job not only recognizing some of the challenges. Everyone talks about PTS, but the reality is it could be, hey, I just saw something that really didn't settle with me, um, and I don't want to talk about it to my family. So what do they do? They surround themselves with other people in law enforcement, which is probably not the healthiest. You you want to really be surrounded by a good group of people. So I give credit to the Phoenix Police Department. They've recognized this. I had the honor of creating the Employee Assistance Unit in 2004, and it has come light years ahead from where I left it. And I think the people uh, continue to serve and build upon it. Yeah, that's it's super important, especially when I became a supervisor, to start reaching out to the people who work for me to make sure that they knew that these services were available to them. I, in my career, have been intimately involved in several high-profile uh, incidents, on the, and, and including most recently. And after going through uh, those services, taking advantage of them, talking with my family and engaging and realizing uh, the benefits therein, I tell the officers that I meet now, don't wait 23 years to unpack all of that law enforcement experience. And, and it really, it, it opened my eyes to just how much I was carrying with me till, until I went through those services and was able to actually deal with what I had been carrying with me. And without be- sounding sexist, as guys, we get taught, rub some dirt on it, you know, shake it off. There has always been a stigma that you have to be tough. You always have to be. And showing any kind of weakness was seen as weakness. Has that stigma changed? Has it changed within policing? You know, we try to. 
uh, and there's an appropriate time to lose it, and that's usually when you're surrounded by friends, family, loved ones, and the care of your own, you know, safe space. Uh, but the, there is also that professionalism that we just cannot let go of that we're going to carry with us because you don't you want somebody to show up in your darkest hour that you're going to be able to kind of give yourself over to, and that's what our officers are going to do every time they show up. It's the worst day of your life. They're showing up to be that person to help carry you through. One example, my my brother, we've talked about my brother being in law enforcement, and he called me uh, three days in a row. We speak pretty often, but he was in a, at a scene where a, a, a woman thankfully had the wherewithal to call 911 because she had three children. The youngest was an infant, and she was having thoughts of hurting her youngest child. And when my brother got to the scene, they had to make the decision to take those kids and put them in foster care. And... He has three kids of his own, and that bothered him so much that for three days we talked, and it wasn't like he was looking for counsel. He just wanted to talk. And just that simple act of having to remove kids from a house lived with him for such a long time. I can't imagine with the years on the job, as satisfying as it is, there aren't memories that you carry with you. The good news is we have like built-in ventilation systems. I, I like to call it food and facts. So if you put food in front of people – and you just talk about the facts of what you went through, inevitably people will talk about their feelings. So if, if when you start talking about, if Vince and I are talking about facts, and I go, well, I thought you were over there, and over there, inevitably we get to the things that cause us frustration. So the the thought of laying on a couch, pouring out your feelings to a stranger, that's that's not how we do it. We can do something as simple as a debrief, which is how did that go? Would you, what could we have done better? What were your thoughts there? And And if you don't do that and you don't have people in your life that you can talk to, you're right, Mike. It's you're you're carrying a lot of things, and they can come out in unhealthy ways. But I think that we and all Valley Law Enforcement Agency are starting to do a really good job just letting people vent often. Um, and if I'm wrong about the perception, tell me. But the way I see it is, let's take the situation that just happened recently, where nine officers were injured at a scene, five were shot. That it looks like for officers, it's easier for them to deal with the fact that someone was shooting at them and some of them took bullets than it is to realize that a guy was shooting in the direction of his own child that they had to rescue. That that's what lives with the cops, that someone could shoot in the direction of a baby. Yeah, chances are those officers were in training scenarios were just that exact thing happened, but it was a training scenario and they survived. And so they, they put themselves in a mental preparedness state where they know they're going to make it through. We train to survive, not to lay down when things happen. So uh, chances are that that probably didn't actually hit them, the reality of it. And I can't speak for them. I can only speak for myself. And I've been through a critical incident just to know that really doesn't hit you until after the fact. When you start to weigh just the, that life was in peril, other people's lives were in peril because to them at the time they were doing a job. And I like to look at it a little differently. Uh, LT is absolutely right. But what I look at it is that impacts every family of every law enforcement agency who sees that because that could have been their loved one. So as we plan our approach, yes, we honor those who are there and we provide resources and we have to. The support systems are the ones who can support them or encourage them to leave. And we're missing the boat if we don't pour into those families who are affected, too, because everyone in the law enforcement community feels that. Do do you either of you think maybe you disagree on this? Is it you are born with the desire to run into a situation where everybody else is running away, or is it something that you can actually train people to be good at? I tell you, I've seen it, and community members, police officers, public safety across the board, uh, there's something inborn, there's something in that individual human being. When the time is right, when the chips are down, when the opportunity presents itself, they step up. So, Mike, this, that's a great segue to the employment thing, because if you have the desire to serve, we'll give you the skills. All we need is a heart who's willing to serve. We'll teach you how to do all the things that we do. 
you just have to bring to us that desire to take care of others. And I'm I'm so impressed to watch, and this is how I know I'm getting older, is seeing some of the rookie cops, they look like kids to me. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way, because I'm sure they're very good at their job. But to see such young men and women that are willing to say at such a young age, Tyler Maldivon. To, to, at such a young age to say, I want to dedicate my life serving people. That's an amazing thing to see as a member of the public that people are willing to do this. Yeah, I, I started at uh, 21. My 21st birthday is, was my first day of pre-academy. And that's that week prior to joining when you are uh, getting all your stuff together, learning how to polish your shoes and so forth. But uh, yeah, I was young when I started. And now when I hear reports of officers who are injured in the line of duty or, or involved in critical incidents, most of the time, I know their father or their uncle or their mom as opposed to who they are. It's And you think about, we say younger, but a lot of the folks have grown up with social media and, and selfies and all those things. So to them, maybe being on camera is different. Vince and I came on a time when we didn't have body-worn cameras, and I think overwhelmingly our career has embraced it. But for them, it's just a natural progression. They're already used to being seen, and we have nothing to hide. We believe in transparency, and these folks get it when they come on because they've grown up that way. And But I still think the attitude hasn't changed. I mean, I think the, the same attitude you guys had when you went on, I think the same these younger and I or newer I should say men and women have the same heart I got a text from someone yesterday and he just left the army he can't wait to become a Phoenix police officer and it all came down to service and he wants to feel part of a team and that from the time that uh, Vince's dad served to him and I it hasn't changed and it never will that's another thing I wish we had time to hit on was is the team mentality there's nothing better that's why I love the game of football because there's nothing better than feeling like you're part of a greater good that the 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 team is bigger than the individual parts that's absolutely true. It's a, it's a family. It's And Mike, when you look at the support you offer law enforcement, we've seen time and time again where cops feel like you're part of the team. They embrace you because you've, you speak their language. You give them the benefit of the doubt and you tell the world who these amazing men and women are. We appreciate that. Well, just remember that when you pull me over. Uh, I, I'd appreciate the courtesy that you extend to other officers. That would be great if you don't mind. We know a lot of the same people. We, we've already heard that you're a very good driver, although you try and play a different <laughs> image. Hey, I want to thank Mike Broomhead for coasting the show today, and I want to thank Lieutenant Vince Lewis for all he's done for the department, for all the way he served and represented of those who do this job. Can't thank Mike enough for the support of law enforcement and KTR for this time. Thank you to you, the listening audience. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.